0: What's going on, everybody? This is Justin coming to you live from Seattle, Washington. Um, we have a nice little special twofer for the people. We you know Gonzaga Nation's a little down right now. It's OK. We're all there with you. Um, tonight, we're recapping everything we saw this week, running through our headlines, um, diving into the Alabama matchup, and looking forward to a few other Gonzaga events, as well as a special interview coming later this week. Um, that'll More details on that later. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jake, and super special guest, Zane. Jake, how are we doing today?
1: Hi, thanks for that intro, Jake Page. Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. I got a, got a new sweater, sweater weather, I'd say, in, in Seattle. And, um, you know, a little gloomy still from, from last weekend, but uh, the boys are pushing through.
2: Good evening, boys. Pleasure to be here with you. Special guest, Zane, here. Um, typically when we do these shows, I like to have a nice beer by my side, a nice hazy. If I'm feeling extra spicy, I'll do a little maker's mark on on some rocks. But tonight, not feeling so good. Not feeling good at all. So what I got is a little whiskey neat. Neat. (laughs) The opposite of what this Gonzaga basketball team is. It's not very neat. What we're seeing on the court is not neat at all. So I'm bringing the neatness to the show. Pleasure to be here.
0: Awesome. Good to see you boys as always. And we are also joined by the full intern squad. we got Zambi, Dan, Coop, and I'm assuming Baja's around there somewhere. Boys, how we doing?
3: What's going on, fellas? Intern Coop here. Got a nice bowl of chili in hand and a Rubens State Frosty IPA. Not an ad, but delicious beer.
2: What kind of chili coop?
3: It is a white chicken, green chili chili. <laughs> so <laughs> it, is, uh, it is quite delicious. Three chilies, three chilies. Compliments, compliments of the Instapot, highly recommend. It's going to feed me for the next like six days, given how much it oh. yielded. But um, yeah, as Drake and Future would say, life is good. So let's talk some fucking Zachs.
4: What up? Uh, Intern Zambi here. We do have Baja down here by my feet. Some may say this is my Michael Jordan flu game. I just got the the COVID booster shot. And so being responsible, I'm also hydrating. So we have a nice uh, gin and Powerade. Zero sugar. <laughs>
1: well, good good thing
4: there's no sugar. That could make uh, you
1: know, the booster hey, feel worse. Hey, it's
4: cheaper. <laughs> Let's go, Zach. <laughs> to you, Dan. Oh, God.
5: <laughs> Only you, Christopher Zamblin. Oh, good God. What was that? Only you. Um, uh, We're doing all right, boys. Uh, my computer, though, is about to die unless I plug it in, just like the Zags' chances at a one seed this year. So let me go
0: uh, take care of that, and we'll be right back. Oh, that was nice. Touchy subject, touchy subject. Well, you know, it's okay. Some of us had some bad performances. Some of us had some good performances this last, last weekend. I think we can definitely tally up Dan to having – a fantastic performance. More on that later um, with the interview coming up later this week. Um, but regardless, let's run through the headlines this week. I think I'm waiting for Dan, killing a little bit of time here as he finds his charger. But This was um, an electric
2: intro intro segment, I have to say. Everyone had something spicy to say, it
1: seemed like. You know?
0: Cooper, yeah, literally. Know. We'd love to hear it. God, Cooper's apartment's
1: just theory. gonna smell like farts if he's eating chili for the entire week.
2: Yeah, not not so instant, might I add, that pot he has. You might need to get a re- reimbursement on that thing because we waited like ten extra minutes for him.
3: All right, we also had the grocery shop too. Keep that in mind. So,
0: <laughs> you know,
2: you can get this. This is what learn. the people
0: really come for. They
3: yeah. don't come for the
0: Gonzaga takes. They come for the we- awkward in between segments. Yeah, exactly.
1: I wish everyone could see Dan plugging in his computer. It's almost
2: it's tougher to watch Dan plug his computer than it is them hard to run the offense right now. I'll tell you that much.
0: Ooh.
5: All right. Our uh, headlines, mine. Is that what we're doing here?
0: Yes. Yes. Passing off to you, Dan.
5: All right. Well, uh, great to be back in the headline game. Cooper has uh, taken the reins here for a very long time, but because he's late tonight, it's an X man up mentality here. So, to lead us off, boys. Our Gonzaga Bulldogs dropped to the number five in the latest AP poll. I don't know if we thought we would be barely in the top five at this point
1: in the season. I mean, the crazy thing about being a Gonzaga fan right now is like this same week, we've hit 100 straight weeks in a row in the AP top 25, where our freshman year, we were very happy with, Being ranked fifteenth, I'd say top twenty. We're pretty, pretty good. Um, so that's that 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 shows how far our program has come. But now, yeah, we're resting on our fucking laurels because we need to win a fucking basketball game and you know secure that one seat. So I think five's pretty generous for how we got blown out. And we'll call it a neutral site, but it was it was a home site. It was ninety eight percent Gonzaga fans. Um. So yeah, I think the committee is pretty fair with its number five spot.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm with Jake. I think it's generous. Generous is, is the, is the, the keyword I would use there. Um, and, and you know what, Jake, I don't want any perspective on this whole thing as far as you know, what it was when we were in school to what it is now It's a very different team and the expectations are much, much higher. However, we did talk about like what what our reasonable expectations would be through this murder's road earlier. Um, I do think I was one of the maybe it was Dan and I said two losses would be acceptable. Um, I, I said that, and like I don't feel it anymore. I don't I I don't believe what I said back then because it doesn't feel good anymore. Um, but yeah, I I would say I feel lucky to be number five right now. Um, yeah. Gonzaga picked a really bad day to post the uh, hundred weeks in a row because it was just such a sour taste. It it, it didn't feel it wasn't a celebratory mood.
0: Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think for a little perspective, you know, this team has beaten two good college basketball teams in Texas and UCLA. Not saying they're great, not saying they're top four, but um, you know, I think that gives us a little bit of weight. But overall, I do think. I tend to lean that was a little generous on the five ranking this week. So let's see if we can uh, catch the momentum moving forward.
5: There is something to uh, analyze here too, because there are three different you know ways that people really pay attention to the way teams are ranked. We've got the AP poll, which we mentioned, we are five. We've got Ken Palm, which we are one. And then we have the net, which no one knows what the net is. What are these teams that are here? Uh, we have a lot to kind of, kind of
1: breakdown here boys oh boy scanning through this list right now i mean pen palm of course we're gonna look great metrically because i mean everybody on our team i actually i don't know turnovers i feel like should be like just tanking us in the metrics but apparently it's not we're still one um ap poll feels pretty standard you know you've got to have Purdue one. I mean, fuck it. I think Baylor's undefeated too. They just haven't played anybody that hard, so they're they're up there at two. Duke, even though they dropped out, Duke at three. Kind of surprised me. That seems weird. It feels like this. Everyone else has kind of lost a lot. Um, but yeah, the net like there must be a lot of cocaine being passed around the net <laughs> office because like LSU at two. What is that? Like, oh. did Wade Wilson cheat at this too? Like, what's happening?
2: I don't know about um, cocaine. I, I don't know about the cocaine being passed around. This is like mushrooms or something with the net, because <laughs> I, along with LSU, I mean, I'm the biggest USC fan out there. USC is not the seventh ranked team in the country right now. They're not. No
5: matter. Is Wyoming he's Wyoming
0: up there. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, do you see Wyoming at number nine? <laughs> no, It's <kind> got <laughs> snuck in
2: above Duke. It's crazy. What? The net, the net is on is on crack cocaine,
0: Jake. Yeah, they yeah. got to figure out their whatever formula they're using here. This is just absurd. It's honestly comical. Like, if you want to get a good chuckle, go look at the net rankings. Oh my! Wyoming goodness.
1: is ranked hundred and eighth in Ken
0: Palm. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> what? what is this discrepancy? What? Uh, what stats do they have that Ken Palm
2: doesn't? I have a question for the group because it, it stirred up a little uh, a little discussion, some heated debates on Twitter. Uh, with regard to the AP poll in UCLA being ranked fourth, one spot ahead of the Zags. What are your, what are your fellas' thoughts on that?
1: Um, I'd say, yeah. I mean, they all, if you like, just look at their schedule and who they beat in and lost to, they've only lost to the then number one ranked team, us, which was a fucking gobsmacking, but that's their only loss. They have a very good win over Villanova. And then everyone else is just losing around them. So, I mean, I want UCLA ranked above us because we don't fucking deserve to be in the top four right now. We need to earn the top seed in the West again
0: because we look like shit. Oh, Jake. Spicy. I I think, you know, it's just one of those things. I think I saw someone make a good comment where There's five to eight teams this year that on their best day can beat any of the other five to eight teams in college basketball. It's kind of the season we're in. I tend to think maybe it's more of three or four teams. But, you know, I think, you know, with UCLA only having one loss, if I'm correct there, they deserve it. We've lost twice in a row now or not in a row, but in like the last week. So, you know, what? I'm with Jake. Learn your lesson, boys. Let's clean it up.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it helps us at the end of the day to have a higher ranked opponent that we absolutely crushed by 20 points, but it seems just, it seems like it, it was the, the voters really quickly forgot about how that game was played. And like, they kind of pushed aside the, the face value and the eye test of that game because it wasn't even close. It was, there was no second in that game. It was close. Whereas Gonzaga lost, lost to Duke by three points and then you know yeah we lost to to alabama it actually felt like a bigger loss than it ended up being but you know for what it's worth gonzaga showed a lot of toughness and actually made up a shit ton of ground in that game um so i i disagree i think i don't know what ucla did to overcome that one spot or if it was just punishing gonzaga more than more than rewarding ucla which i'm not i'd actually be more okay with punishing punishing us and rewarding them because they haven't done shit Since then, UNLV and Colorado are their two games that they've played since us. Those games don't mean shit to me, and so I maybe maybe it's my USC bias coming out as well. Fucking hate UCLA.
5: We're the only team in the top ten of the AP, at least right that has two losses. If I'm Nova Villanova, oh no, Nova's got two.
2: Purdue and Mm -hmm. UCLA.
5: That's
2: good losses, I guess. I guess number four.
1: I guess
5: good losses, but I mean look at our we got we have a we've played number three, number four, number seven, and number nine. I mean, and we boat yeah. raced two of them. Boat race two of them, we're right there against one of them, and played the worst game we've seen our team play in any big game in a long time. That was yeah, but I mean it's tough, like we all we all knew we had a gauntlet coming in. Um, I think the thing we all wanted to see, though, was, like, no bad losses. And, folks, we have had a bad loss.
4: Anyway. I will say oh, – go ahead. No, Zambi, finish this off here before we move on. So, I'll touch back on this later in the episode. But one thing we ha- we have to consider here is we've lost by a combined 12 points to the number three and ninth ranked teams in the nation. Two losses, it's not that bad. You know, like we didn't look good. Jake's pissed off at me, I can (laughs) tell from the Zoom call. But um, yeah, no, I think that's something to take into consideration. That's all I have to say.
5: What gets me
4: mad, oh, sorry.
1: Finish it off, Jake, so I, we can move on. I'll save it. I'll save it for the next section. Headline once, number once one. we get to it. Headline number one yes. still. <laughs> Folks, this is just the
5: start. We will get way more into this, and you will hear some frustrations aired out coming up shortly. But moving on, let's go back into the college football world. We touched on the carousel spinning along last week. At this time last week, we were thinking that Notre Dame was going to dive into uh, you know, the list of Hot head coaches, but they decided to stick with their own. Marcus Freeman promoted
1: Jake. I know you were hoping for this, and Notre Dame appears to have their guy. Yeah, I love this. I mean, I said it last week. I was hoping he'd be the candidate, and they they went with him. He just seems like he's like one of the coolest looking coaches I've seen. I mean, like, compare him to Brian Kelly, just like on a purely visual like perspective, completely different. Fresh cut, just, just definitely a more players coach. Um, I think it's good for the program to go in kind of a new direction than like seventy year old white guy as the coach, which is always great. Um, kind of glad we don't have. I I'm not gonna lie. Saturday I was hoping after that Baylor win against Oklahoma State, one of the craziest wins I think we saw this this year in college football. That goal line stand. I was like, oh, boy, it's going to happen. Marcus Freeman's first game is going to be against Georgia <laughs> in the playoffs. And then that's house money, because if you lose, no one's going to blame you. But if you win, you're just a god immediately. Um, unfortunately, Alabama just kicked the shit out of Georgia. So that didn't happen. But, um, you know, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what uh, what it's Notre Dame versus Oklahoma State. I think it'll be a very interesting uh What did they give us the Tostitos bowl?
3: Yeah. Playing Oklahoma state.
1: Yeah. That's a game where I really don't care about the outcome. Just want to see how Marcus Freeman looks, And I think he'll do great.
5: I just want to see Notre Dame wear those cute uniforms with the last names on them for the bowl games. Those are my, that's my favorite thing about the bowl season. (laughs) That's a nice sentiment, Dan. Anyway. Uh, (laughs) Coop, any thoughts on uh, Marcus Freeman?
3: Uh, no. I mean, I think Jake touched on it nicely. Um, I think he's a player's coach. I've heard he's a great recruiter. Uh, yeah, I think he just kind of fits the bill. It sounds like he was kind of a, a hot name in a lot of circles. So it was just it was either we keep him or he was probably going to walk and do his own thing. Uh, so I think he'll, he'll be good for us. Um don't really know much i mean i think notre dame's defense was pretty legit this year so that's good um and we're we're keeping a lot of our coaching staff so i think tommy reese is staying and a bunch of other assistant coaches so i think that's that says a lot about brian kelly and how much of a prick that guy is so uh yeah i don't know i don't know if we uh last time we all we were all together did we talk about brian kelly's lsu press conference deal I don't think it had happened yet. The, the accent, the southern, the southern draw? Like what the what the actual fuck was that? My family <laughs> is oh, very happy, happy to be. Haven't, with we haven't, we haven't won family. yet. <laughs> I haven't <laughs>
1: even lost any game yet, because I'm gonna <laughs> win all the games, then I'm gonna <laughs> eat a whole crawfish. Yeah. Go Tigers. chewing. Go
3: Tigers. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Fuck fuck that guy. So Marcus <laughs> Freeman is gonna steer the ship in the right direction. I'm excited. New, uh, new chapter as a a fan of So that's also cool
2: as a fan of a school that loves to promote assistant coaches who are players, coaches, and, uh, great recruiters. I would caution you guys caution you guys very, very carefully because it always starts off hopeful and then you want (laughs) to tear your eyes out by week three.
1: Yeah, but we allow you guys to be hopeful and irrational each year. So just give us the space, okay? This You're talking about, you know, what, August. We don't have to actually confront this. So, you know, we don't have to see the results. I can have nine months of optimism, basically, and I'm going to take that. I do know, too, listening
5: to the uh,
1: Dan Patrick show, that
5: Brian Kelly did ask Marcus Freeman to come with him to LSU, and he said, nah, fam,
1: I'm going to stay here. So... Well I mean he was given the head coaching job at Notre Dame like well I'd be really mad if he turned that down for the for the defensive coordinator. Well, I don't th- I mean yes, he he thought he was going to be a
5: candidate for that, but I don't think like it, that was not a done deal. That was a little bit of a gamble because if they brought in somebody else then he lost his opportunity to Brian Kelly, but hey, he's he he clearly didn't want anything to do with Brian Kelly and LSU. He wanted to stay at Notre Dame. SC Notre Dame hopefully is going to be back. We can have competitive games, and we don't dread that game anymore, Zane, because it hasn't been pretty for a little while. Hey, uh, you guys
1: dreaded every game this year, to be fair, because you guys were dog shit.
5: No, Jake, I loved
1: the Wazoo game when Jackson Dart proved himself to the world.
2: <laughs> well, I was at that game. That was a great game. Greatest college game this entire year, <laughs> no matter what team you're watching.
1: <laughs> I can't even remember this game. I have no idea what that score was. Oh, God, the I hate you guys. I Zayn's Twitter was on suicide watch.
2: No, 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 not against Wazoo.
5: <laughs> all right, all right, let's. We'll we'll have plenty of time to talk SC Notre Dame in the future. But the other bombshell, I think, from uh, the coaching carousel, Mario Cristobal leaving Oregon, going back to his alma mater Miami,
1: uh, is the U finally back? No, fuck no. <laughs> Not at all.
2: I'm gonna disagree. I mean, Dan. I, Dan has such a hard on for Crystal Ball. It's ridiculous. Okay, okay. it's it's not <laughs> Crystal Ball. I think I think the ACC
5: is so winnable, similar to the Pac-12. I think Clemson, like they lost Brent Venables. Now he was a huge part of that with with, with Dabo, their D coordinator. That's now the head coach at Oklahoma. Um, I think Miami obviously still has that hotbed of recruiting, and Mario Crystal Ball, as a former Kane himself. And he really did a great job of getting top-notch guys to go to Oregon, won a Rose Bowl. I think Miami's going to be back in uh, college
1: football playoff contention. Oh, oh my God. God oh. Shut up. Did you see the Oregon bad. offense this year? It was atrocious. It was
3: fucking just, just give them their turnover chain and
4: call it good. That's it's all
5: about a quarterback, man. If you get a quarterback, you have a chance.
4: Respect a hand. Yeah. Respect a hand. And up. So, question for you, Dan, here. So, obviously, Miami's in Florida. One of the big pipelines, Oregon, right next to California, another pipeline. Outside of the strippers and cocaine, what do you think makes players go to Miami as opposed to Cristobal being at Oregon?
5: I mean, it's just the local kids there that want to be a part of restoring the U. It's similar to the L.A. guys that now, like, SC is, you know, SC again, kind of. I think there's there's hope In Miami, and when you have that recruiting hotbed, I think there's a chance. Crystal Ball's done it. I think Miami's going to be good, and it's going to be good for college football. We're going to have all our powers back. SC, Miami, Notre Dame, let's rock and roll.
2: Okay. Dan, Dan is, like, blowing Miami's prestige and, like, tradition and reputation way out of proportion here. They were good for, like, four years in the 90s, and since that have been completely irrelevant in the college football world.
1: They were also good in the 80s. Maybe it was the
2: 80s leaking into the 90s. There was two
1: two separate times. You got to watch the U document. No, you're
2: right. You're right. You're right. It's a
1: two-parter. Two parts. Fair, fair, fair. (laughs) They were also great. All I'm saying
2: is, and how many of those kids that are playing college football, those recruits were alive during that time? And remember the good old days of Miami football? None. Absolutely fucking none of them were alive. No one remembers Miami football that's in high school right now.
5: I don't think you're wrong, but I think if you're a local kid in that area and Mario Cristobal comes to your house, you're fired up and you're gonna say you're throw up the U and let's and
1: and, and Miami's gonna come back, so it'll be yeah, fun. I, I agree with Dave. I mean, all things being equal, I'd say that an 18 year old kid wants to go to Miami over Eugene. Yes, that too. Oh, like, fair, fair. And anyway. then yeah, a- ACC bad. I agree with that.
5: So yeah, okay. quick. That's the that's the carousel. Uh, that's it for college football as far as we're concerned. None of our teams are anywhere relevant anymore this season. Final Four. Anyone think it's not going to be Alabama to win a title this year? Because I'm going all in Alabama again. Give me cincy baby. Come
1: on. Oh, Give me it, those God. Bearcats. <laughs> or I don't <laughs> know the <town> sound of Bearcats. <laughs> Did they roar or, or it's probably
5: a roar into a meow. I roar. think Zane can do it nicely. Kind of that kind of sounds
1: like the Ram sound right there, then <laughs> Yeah, maybe the mule. Uh, but yeah, probably Alabama.
2: Alabama, yeah. Georgia. I love to see that rematch.
5: Stephen has a
1: penthouse apartment in Kirby Smart's head.
5: Oh, all I gotta say is it was a bad day to bet on Bulldogs over the Crimson Tide on Saturday. That's oh. all I gotta say. Oh. All right. Last but not least, the headline: Jake with a special. NBA Zags edition headline that he would like to bring to the table?
1: Yeah, um, as of today, so uh, reported by The Athletic uh, earlier this morning, so apparently Pacers are hitting the, the blow-up button. They're trying to reboot, and that means they've listed three of their stars, uh, Miles Turner, Caris LeVert, and most importantly to this podcast, DeMontis Sabonis are all – Kind of on the trading block, and they are taking offers on all comers. Um, Sabonis, oh, excuse me, two-time all-star Demata Sabonis. Currently, his contract locks him in for 2024 at a very reasonable $19 million per year. So this is a guy a lot of teams who are contenders will be eyeing. So with that being said, guys, who would you like to see Sabonis traded to?
2: I'm I'm looking at the uh, like the three the top three teams that I just some random website that I pulled up because I don't pay attention to Pacers basketball very much, um, and I see you know number one the Celtics. I kind of love that fit for Sabonis. He seems like a guy who would have been phenomenal on the Celtics back in the in the eighties. Just a hard nosed grinder on the court. Yeah, he happens to be white as well, so he's got that i guess um but yeah i i think i think sabonis on the celtics like boston would love that guy
1: fair fair and they do need scoring in the post uh okay dan i saw your hand shoot up who who would you like sabonis go to
5: well i will say that uh my nba knowledge this year is the worst it has ever been all i do is pay attention to the zag so with that being said Let's go to the Washington Wizards, baby. Let's just go, everybody.
2: No. Where Zag players go to die in
1: the NBA, <laughs> we would have oh, four no. Godzaga players on the roster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You could
1: you could literally have three in the lineup at one time. You could have Sabonis at the five, Rui at the four, and Kispert at the three. Oh, yeah. and hell, if <laughs> the blowout, you could put a Yai in the two if you wanted to. <laughs> wow um i don't see that, that happening but it's a very <laughs> interesting thought um i mean right now what wizards have gafford and um is it harrell this is guy's name i can never remember remember montrez Harold. montrez, montrez Harold. okay it's not, yeah it's not that hard don't get freaked out by the zl at the end it's just montrez. okay it throws me off it scares me i'll be honest And then uh, they also have Thomas Bryant coming back from injury. So they're kind of cluttered in centers, but maybe they're going for that home run swing. Um, Okay, anybody else? We got Celtics. We got Wizards. So you Zambi, give me
4: the low down. I'm going to say it. Send them to Portland. Make the full Sabonis circle come to fruition.
1: Ooh, I like that. I like that. I did just see, however, that CJ McCollum has a collapsed one, which I believe happened, like they just announced like 30 minutes ago. Oh. So he would probably be part of that trade. So that could make things complicated. But I do think a combination of Dane Lillard and Devonta Sabonis would be deadly, but probably no defense. Is this is this a
2: Tyrod Taylor assistant, like assistant coach or assistant medical staff situation or an in-game thing?
1: I For am CJ. not sure. I just I just was scrolling through Twitter just now and it had CJ McCollum collapsed on, on Bleacher Report. So, Suffered
2: against Celtics. Okay.
1: There yeah, it. it's not like my made-up dream headline of, of Coach K uh, saying he didn't want to play uh, basketball <laughs> games this year. Um, okay. Uh, anybody else? Paige, do you have a take on where Sabona should go?
0: Uh, I think... I think a reasonable one is the Warriors just because um, they've got a lot of young guys that they can kind of trade for like a Sabonis. So like Wiseman, Kaminga, Poole, I think we were talking about it before, maybe Moody. Just to get, you know, Sabonis rocking with Wiggins. And then, uh, you know, Steph Curry and and Clay Thompson. That would be a pretty sick lineup. Um, But you'd lose a little depth there. But uh, yeah, that could be kind of exciting. I'm not a huge Warriors guy at all, but, you know, getting Sabonis on, like, a title contender is kind of sick, so that'd be about it. I, I would like that as well because right now I'm watching too much
1: NBA as I have to watch all the Zag games and then, you know, dating a Bay Area fan. I have to watch all the Warriors games too. It'd be really nice to consolidate this, you know. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, with the the Warriors, they said they they kind of want to win now, you know, because Curry – Thompson and Green are all kind of getting old. And I think trading for Sabonis is a pretty good win now. So that's our picks for where Sabonis should go. Just anywhere besides the Pacers right now, because that that team has been treading water since I'm pretty sure in like 1998. So um, let, let's get them out of Indiana. It's
3: in the Palace. Mouse in the
1: Palace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make that's the last exciting game. thing that <laughs> happened in Indiana. <laughs>
2: Work. all right i think those are the headlines all right well, i'll take it from here boys it, it has not been the greatest week in uh in gonzaga basketball lore um uh, we're coming off a loss to duke a really bad performance against tarleton state uh was mary mac or something in between there or am i looking ahead was
1: someone in between You're looking
2: ahead that's looking ahead and then A not great loss to Alabama in what was basically a home court advantage type game. Um, But I was the only one of the boys not in attendance. So I'll turn it back over to you guys to sort of give us what was was the feel in the arena? What was the atmosphere like in this Gonzaga loss to Alabama? Score
1: 91-82. Well, I'll jump in. Um, I mean, it started out electric. Like literally the entire area around the stadium, starting at probably like noon, every bar was just packed with Gonzaga fans. Impossible to find a seat. Everyone just walking the – literally every block you could just see people walking to different restaurants or bars to try to find a table. And they were not Alabama fans. Um, Then when you get in Climate Pledge, you know, it's a great new arena. Zag fans everywhere. Zombie Nation is playing. We're feeling pumped. We're seeing the boys, but then Alabama just came out and would not let the crowd get back into the game. Like once, you know, we, we all saw the outcome. Like once we passed the halfway point of the first half, it just felt like there was a little burst of crowd excitement, but I mean, they just kept taking away the momentum. It was, it was very disheartening.
4: Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, credit where credit's due. Bama played well, uh, kind of going off what Jake said. I think a big thing was, I mean, I have the stats in front of me. Oh, well, Uh, well, just just atmosphere right now. Just atmosphere and environment, Zambi. Oh, atmosphere. Oh, well, uh, the honorable judge Shelley upgraded my tickets as a little Christmas present. So thank you for that. Um, we were pretty close to the court and, um, like Jake said, it was kind of like an up and down kind of wave in terms of energy and anything like that. One thing I find funny, though, is that this is considered a neutral court. But everything that they did was, like, in the favor of the Zags, obviously, which I loved. But being, like, that close to the court and hearing everyone, like, yell like, the high-intensity moments, it was, like, crazy that these players have to go through that. Like, grand my high school experience is, like, freshman basketball. But to hear that, I mean, it'd be crazy. That's all I got.
3: I'll uh, chime in here. Um, As far as the atmosphere goes, I'll (laughs) – I think both Jake and Zambi touched on it nicely. But I'll speak more on behalf of, like, what we did for a pregame. I was with Dan. (laughs) Zambi was there too, now that I think about it. Um, We were at the – what was it, the Cardi B bar, Dan? Cardi B, baby. Cardi B bar, Bud lights were flowing, ran into some familiar faces, took a few uh, kamikaze shots.
4: let <laughs> um, the tequila.
3: Oh, a tequila shot too. Um, so yeah, <laughs> fun time. A lot better than paying 17 fucking dollars at climate pledge for a beer. So um, yeah, but it was, it was an electric uh, electric couple hours to say the least. Yeah,
5: no doubt about that. I will say that that was the first basketball game I have been to since the national championship, which was in a pretty much empty arena in Indianapolis. So the culture shock going from that atmosphere to being in a packed game again, total home crowd advantage was awesome. It brought me back to the kennel days, as the boys know, I'm sure. Um, I, was, I was up there every time we had a chance just Putting my hands up, getting people standing up around me, jumping up and down, banging Cooper on the shoulder every time we got close, and then, and then it uh, didn't end well. But uh, great atmosphere. Battle in Seattle's got to be back every year. Shout out to Alabama for coming all the way over here and playing. Uh, got to keep on getting big marquee programs to keep this thing alive.
2: Shout out, shout out to the Battle in Seattle. Shout out to Alabama. But we'll be there next year, headed as as part of the two year deal will be playing in Birmingham, Alabama next year. So Alabama will, I, I don't know what sort of a home court advantage they'll have at this time of the year next year, given their football teams, you know, likely status to be competing for a college football playoff spot at this time. But, um, that should be interesting. Do I hear a boy's trip to Birmingham next
1: year? Fuck it, sure, I guess. <laughs> I'd rather go back to Austin. <laughs> just for the Alabama game?
2: Can we just go to Tuscaloosa? <laughs> just go to the, the school instead of the site of the game that's actually being played?
0: That will probably be more fun, honestly. <laughs> I mean, everyone would probably
2: be game, rooting for football,
1: and they'd be very confused. They're like, wait, we're not playing you this week. We're <laughs> I mean, playing like Georgia. <laughs> the girls are cute. The girls are cute there.
2: Fair fair but let's get <laughs> in to the key takeaways from this game Zambi. since you jumped the gun a couple minutes ago i'll go back to you look like you had something fresh on your mind what was your key takeaway from this game
4: yeah so similar to the previous episode about duke like i mean obviously we didn't play our best but to only lose by nine grand a little bit of that was garbage time I'm looking at these stats here, and we're pretty similar for the most part in terms of like field goals, three points, free throws, <clears throat> rebounds, all that good jazz. I think the biggest thing that bit us in the butt was um, basically Alabama would go on these like five, eight point runs just by hitting threes, and I don't think necessarily Gonzaga's offense is built to deal with that. Because like even Drew Timmy like quoted post game. He's like, yeah, I forced a lot of things. And I feel like we're really we're relying on the post. We all know we're not gonna, we're not the greatest team at shooting threes. And so I think that was the biggest issue. Um I think we're resilient. I think we're young. And I mean, for these losses to happen in November, December, I'm okay with that because we're just so young. So that's my two cents.
2: That's a good, that's a good positive spin on on it, uh, there, Zambi. But Jake, give us the reality of this situation, give us the morbid view.
1: Make a free throw, like Jesus Christ. Like, if you look at all the stats, we actually had a better three point percentage than Alabama, but just I mean, we were in the bonus like eight minutes into the the start of the second half, but they would just foul us and we just missed the one and one. Or I, I think we made, there's one time in the game where, when we made both free throws, it was disgusting. We shot 52% from the free throw line. It's called a free throw. You know, it's a given point is, is the hypothetical. Like Timmy three from eight, you can't do that. Like you gotta make the, the free, the free throws. Also, I love that check can shoot the three pointer, but in a close game, get into the post. He was 0 for 4 from the 3. It is not your job to be the dagger 3 guy. Like, get down there, get to the high – like, the, the great thing about the Zags last year is we took the high probability shots that were given. We had a great flow in the offense, moved the ball around, and got, like, cuts and great off-ball movement. This year, it's like, we'll go in a slump and just stop moving. And it's so frustrating as a Gonzaga fan – was used to beautiful basketball just to see just, oh, God, it drives me crazy just not seeing the, the players move. And, um, yeah, that's my analysis.
2: All right, Paige, passing it over to you. Get it out. Get it out.
0: Gosh, man, so much to think about. Um, I think everyone's made good points. You know, I think the biggest thing to say is, honestly, it's just a little bit of a disappointment. Um, You know, I I think uh, regardless, we're proud of our guys. But, you know, we just know the level they can play at. And it hasn't been there. I don't know if it's a lack of, you know, focus. I don't know if it's a just a lot of overwhelming, you know, atmospheres and just massive games back to back to back. Like, think about it. They've played four, probably the biggest eight college basketball games this season so far. And these kids were playing in arenas with no one inside, so it's a big adjustment. Um, And I'm not saying it's an excuse for the play that's kind of gone on. I think, to Zambi's point again, they're just young, and you know it's things that they're going to have to live with. This team isn't the finished product that we had last year. I think we're a little spoiled with that, to be honest. Um, These guys have work to do, and you know it's it's a new role for guys like Timmy and a new role for uh, Andrew Nemhard. Uh, and new experiences for these freshmen so at the end of the day it's these games are all positive win or loss this, this one stung a little bit extra it was on our home turf basically you know a lot of Seattle's Zags here um, but at the end of the day regardless of um, win or lose you know I think for me personally I want to see everyone busting their asses regardless and at times it did feel like their, the energy wasn't there. You know, it feels like they're looking for the guy to get them fired up. Like kind of like Suggs was a little bit last year, but that guy hasn't stepped up yet. And I don't know who it's going to be. Um, but for me personally, I think that's the most disappointing part is it felt like at times like everyone was just drained it's like, come on now, these guys are throwing haymakers at you. Let's go, let's get rolling. Um, so I think that's really my main frustration with this team and, and they're young, like this happens with young teams. It's not a surprise. Um, but yeah, that's my main frustration after the last, even with the Duke game a little bit, you know, it's just, you just expect so much from these kids and you have got to remember they're young kids. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, <clears throat> that just made me more frustrated again. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll preface it. I've been, I've been avoiding it. my feelings.
2: Yeah. Hey, don't avoid them. Let's confront them head on.
0: We got it. We got to. We got to.
2: Well, I'll preface mine with my little disclaimer. Yes, I know they're young. Yes, I know these are November and December losses. Yes, I know if we win it all in March, no one will remember these games. I get it. I get it. But we're we're right now. with this. Team sucks right now. The past three games have been freaking pitiful. The energy that Paige is talking about is absolutely correct. This team has no swagger. When we played against UCLA in Texas earlier this year, Timmy was doing his mustache, celly left and right. Chet even flexed at one point, or at least tried to flex against, I think it was UCLA, Dan. It was one game that I watched with Dan because we immediately cracked up laughing at Chet t- trying to flex. But um, this team has absolutely zero swagger right now. Zero swagger and zero confidence. And I think that shows a lot on the defensive end and at the free throw line. When Timmy gets fouled and doesn't make his shot, you see his head go down immediately. One, because he knows he should have finished the shot. And two, because he knows he's going at at best one for two from the line. So he's only coming away with one point. Um, On the defensive side, man, at, at the beginning of the year, all we talked about on this show was how impressed we were with this team's defensive tenacity from start to finish in the game. Even against the shitty little teams we played at the beginning of the year, we were getting steals left and right, and that was leading to easy transition points. Um, When we play fast, that's when we're at our best, and that's when we get our most efficient shots. Or when we get a wide-open three in the corner because the defense clamps down on whoever's running down the court. This team has absolutely zero energy on defense. It's lazy, and it's infuriating to watch as as a fan. And we are giving up a ridiculous number of offensive rebounds right now to players that we shouldn't be. I get that Timmy's not the biggest guy in the world. Chet, Chet is getting his numbers, but it's just like our guards, dude, I've never heard of boxing out before. I can't, was it JD Davison who had an absolutely monster dunk off a, off a rebound because Strother and, and Bolton and Nemhard were all just looking around, figuring out where the ball was going to bounce off of after the three. The it, the energy is is my biggest concern, and the defense is my biggest concern. I get that the offense is going to have some off nights. That's just the way basketball goes. Um, but defense is the one thing that should remain constant because it, it, you just play with high energy. Play with high energy. Know your role. Play smart, and that's all that ma- And that's all you have to do. Um, I'll let someone else talk about turnovers because I know that's a big topic. But golly, the defense is just abysmal right now and it's and if we play good defense we beat alabama that's that's the bottom line i mean we gave up way too many points and scored way too many points to lose that game
5: yep i could uh jump in from here Zane. that's kind of a nice natural segue to my biggest thing that uh i still don't understand what what happened there but i think we all went into this game thinking that with the way things went with duke the way things went with tarleton that we were just going to have a pissed off team that was going to come out and just try and light it on fire in front of a great atmosphere. And that is not what they did at all to start that game. I don't know what the plan was defensively. I don't know if – I think the, the team and the coaching staff needs to listen to our show maybe because I think I said, and we a lot of us said last week, that, hey, the only reason this game is close or maybe, God forbid, we lose is if we let Alabama get scorching hot from three. And you know what happened? We did not even come close regarding the three point line in this game in the first half we were giving a great team open warm up jumpers from 3 uh let them get to up to a huge lead and then have to just claw ourselves back and ultimately when it when you don't make free throws and when you turn the ball over like we had some fast break opportunities up fumble the ball turn it you know turn it over like you're just get, like you have got to almost play a perfect second half to come back when you're down 16 or whatever the hell it was. I know that we, you know, battled back in. All right. You know, you know where I'm going. Nolan Hickman is the reason that game was even close because oh, that kid, Nolan Hickman one and done one Hickman. And Hickman, not one and done Hickman. <laughs> I Nolan hope he's Hickman. not one and done. <laughs> Dude without Nolan Hickman, we're losing that thing by 20, like, that guy gave us the only life we had, had some massive threes. He loved showing up on that stage in his hometown. Um, obviously, Drew you know, battled. Was it his best game? Absolutely not. But he played tough. I don't understand what happened inside, why we didn't take advantage of you know, their lack of size and their foul trouble with their bigs. That was frustrating as hell. I told Cooper, if we could just get it to four, we're going to find a way to win. We get it to four we go cold and Alabama just didn't go away. you got to kind of give them credit because they could have rolled over with the way that momentum totally swung in that building. That place was absolutely electric. We had, you know, all kinds of life. Timmy had that huge block. I, things get a little fuzzy as the night goes on. (laughs) If I'm I'm being honest here, I think these things happen. Uh, But man, like we're, we're not as good as we think we are. Uh, And the drop off from, you know, us to number 10 is not what we think it is either. Like any team can beat you on a given night. You got to come out and prove it. And uh, you know, they have one more big marquee game, you know, in non-conference to get it right before you come into one of the most deep WCCs we've seen in a while. So there's a lot of stuff that needs to get fixed or else this thing that looked like a dream season to start and looked like finally going to be, you know, the cherry on top ain't going to happen. And it's going to be a colossal disappointment, but we have time. We're young. It's early. And I still believe in this team. So
4: that's all I have for this.
2: Oh boy. All right, Coop. You want to round it out with just sort of your, uh, your, your impression of this Alabama game? Um.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't really have too much to add here. I think everyone kind of touched on the main points. Uh, I will say I really like what Paige said about how we just don't have that guy that can like lead right now. I mean, yeah, you can say Timmy, but I think it really has to be one of our guards that says, hey, I'm going to be that fucking dude. And we just haven't seen that yet. And, you know, I think at the beginning of the year, we all said, that's going to be Nemhard; He's going to lead this team. And yeah, he did that against UCLA, but ever since then, it's been fucking crickets. So, um, I really think this really, this, all this boils down to him. I think, you know, he needs to take it upon himself to, uh, lead this team and, uh, put the team on his back. Otherwise, I just don't see things working out the way we wanted them to at the beginning of the year. Because, I mean, looking back at this game, was it – is it Jor- Jaden Shackleford? Uh, uh, yeah, Jaden Shackleford. That dude Six was left. not going to – that dude was not going to lose this game. I mean, that guy was just an absolute bucket. I mean, credit to him. He played he – balled, he balled out. So, um yeah. I mean, Nemhard should be pissed and hopefully, I mean, the dude doesn't really have much of a personality. He's pretty quiet, but, um, hopefully we see something because otherwise I just, no, it's, it's going to get dark. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get, I don't, I don't want to go t- down the rabbit hole too much of depressing thoughts, but, um, yeah, team needs to step it the fuck up.
2: I, I have a question for the group is because Nemhard struggles seem like the most apparent like individual issue that we have right now, because we've talked about Timmy's free throw shooting. It's abysmal, but the dude is still getting close to 20 points a night um, and, and taking efficient shots, at least sometimes he forces it. But I think we kind of accept that with Timmy now, given, given that he's kind of earned that, that ability to take those shots. But with Nemhard. In the past three games since UCLA, he's got 12 turnovers. He is not shooting the ball well at all. I think currently his field goal percentage, okay, it's actually not that bad, 45%. But his three point shooting is non-existent. It's in, it's 29%, 28%. Um, and when Dan talked earlier about you know fast break opportunities, a lot of the time it's Nemhard either like forcing a really bad shot or turning the ball over. In sort of a situation where we can gain a lot of momentum. Um, what what do you, I mean, and all this is coming off the heels of us announcing Nemhard as the best point guard in college basketball after the UCLA game. And so, what what are your guys' thoughts briefly on on, on the Nemhard situation? That way, the Nemhard crisis, which I am referring to it
1: now. Um, I would say a pattern is beginning to establish. I'm not worried yet. If we struggle against Merrimack, and my God, if we struggle against UW, um, I will be extremely worried. Because one thing I I will not stand for is making this UW game a close game. Like, let alone losing. If we lose, oh, boy. I, I can't even imagine what Twitter will be like. All those fucking Husky fans are crawling up. From their terrible football team, looking to a life raft to clutch to, and they see the sinking ship that is their basketball program, and they get a win over Gonzaga. I would, I would lose it. Um, Nemhard needs to show the type of player he can be. He's played amazing games for us. You know the West Virginia game last year. He was the guy who stepped up, and it was like, okay, Suggs is out. I'm going to be the spark plug. It's going to be like my show. Huge shots in the final four game. We know he's capable, so I'm not worried yet. But the pattern is being established, so hopefully he changes the pattern.
2: Yeah, and I'll, I'll just add Nemhard, the only starter currently who doesn't average uh, ten points or more per game. Every other starter has that for us right now. Not that we necessarily depend on Nemhard for points, but you know when he does get points, we blow teams out, a la UCLA. Um, I will say uh, biggest biggest hater of Nemhard right now. Not on this show, actually. But sitting <laughs> at home on Twitter, Kyle Hoon, um, and so maybe Coop, is there anything Nemhard can do to change Kyle Hoon's perspective right now?
3: That's a that's a tall order. I mean, Kyle he sees one bad performance, and that kind of dictates <laughs> Kyle's opinion. So um, yeah, it's gonna take a lot. So maybe maybe uh, Nemhard's been on Twitter and he's seen Kyle, and he's like, "Fuck this guy, he the." <laughs> I'll I'll put something in his pipe and smoke it. But um, yeah, I don't know.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's move on from this Alabama game alone. We've kind of talked about, you know, our biggest concerns right now. It sounds like free throws, turnovers. Who's going to be the guy and defensive energy? Do we have a fifth starter up there that I missed for anyone? Anyone? A fifth starter? Uh, really athletic teams. I think that's a little frightening. Or physical. Maybe not even athletic, just physical. I don't
1: – I guess, yeah. Yeah, we're long, but athletic we're not Athletic really and bulky. physical. Like our only bulky guy is Watson, and he kind of – I don't know. He needs to be – he needs to be mean. These seven-foot centers have really given us fits. Yes. that Like if we matched up against Purdue, that would scare me.
2: I told you that last week, Jake, and everyone said, Oh, but Dan, You know, can't I don't move like listening down to court. <laughs> all right. All right. Good segue. Let's talk about our panic meters real quick. Panic meter one to 10, moving forward here. Knowing what we know now, getting all these issues off our chests a little bit. One being, we're not worried at all. No worries in the world. We're still natty bound. You still have your your plane ticket and, and your hotel rooms booked for new Orleans 10 being the sky is falling. We're in huge trouble. We're looking at a first or second round exit, which, you know, I think making the tournament is, is a given, given that way, you know, WCC and everything, but lead us off page. Where's the panic meter?
0: Yeah, I'm going to put it. I'm going to put it at a two with my, flight booked for the sweet 16 trip um haven't booked the final four trip yet um you know i think for as tough as it's been i think you really got to level with the team and understand again that they're young and i do think it's an issue if, if someone doesn't step up and we don't take care of these turnover issues and don't figure out a way to, to deal with these you know athletic and physical teams um But I'm going to leave it at two for now because I do trust in Fuey. I do trust in the staff, and I do trust these guys. I mean, you look at Texas and UCLA. That's the best team in the country right there, the team that beat those guys. So, for as shitty as these performances have been, we've also seen those performances where they've been lights out. And I think it's unfair if we acknowledge these shitty performances lately without giving them credit for those ones. We just got to find that consistent middle ground and understand you got to bring it every night because I think the WCC will be great for that I think it'll be good for us to be everyone's you know circled game on the calendar especially with teams like BYU and St. Mary's looking like they're taking a step forward um but I'm gonna leave it at a two for now Paige is out of two
2: Page is out of two something interesting you just said there though Paige and I hope I don't get us off on a big tangent here because there's Uh-oh. a possibility it could. You said fewey and the staff can get us back on track. This Uh-oh. is a new year and there's one member of that staff that is not with us anymore. And people are pretty quick to point out, you know, Tommy Lloyd is no longer with these guys. Um and and you know there there's an argument to be made that maybe we're seeing how much Tommy Lloyd meant to this program, how much he meant to halftime adjustments, um, and so you know, and Arizona is looking like looking like a very formidable team right now. I would I would describe him as a borderline top ten team.
1: Um, yeah. Okay, I, I let's pump the brakes a bit though, but I mean. Michigan is a fraud. And that's their biggest win. True. We, shout, we out Roge.
2: shout out Roach. Shout out Roach. I've been meaning to give Roach a shout out on Roach. That's it
0: with that. Oh, that's that's Jake's only take. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. I was gonna say just to kind of counterpoint. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Tommy is a big part of the, the staff. This team's also missing. Was it three starters? Not only three starters, but three massive contributors in Kispert, Suggs, and yai So any team that loses that kind of firepower, man, I mean, we're lucky to have a team that is as competitive as it is, right? Um, so if you're going to count Tommy leaving, you got to consider what we've lost to the NBA. Um, but, I, again, like I, I trust in the staff. And, you know, Tommy, obviously we miss you. We love you. We love him having success, but we got to move on, boys.
2: We gotta move on and move on, we will, to Jake's panic meter. Where are we at, Jake?
0: I
1: myself am at a four. Uh, I too have a ticket booked to the suite 16 and San Fran, <laughs> but I, you know, I did that little that little insurance $20 purchase in case Oh, the, uh, you did not you buy know. the insurance, Jake. Oh, I always buy the insurance. Well, I always do that just because of COVID, you know, like flights can be canceled for many reasons, but I'm feeling Good about that i mean we about the insurance sh- you're feeling good about buying the insurance yeah i'm not feeling comfortable after this week are you kidding no. me i i don't think i should um i mean i still think we i i could no i mean we we should be a final 14 by our talent um but i don't think it's a guarantee now like yeah. last year it felt like you know, obviously we're nervous for each March Madness game, but it felt like we weren't really worried until – actually, we weren't even worried going into the UCLA game. We thought we were going to kill them. Um, but this year, I think there's going to be a lot of games I'm I'm worried about just without Yon. Hopefully we progress as a team, and I'm listening to this episode in February. I'm like, ha, what a dumbass. But right now we're not showing it, so I'm, I'm marking us as a four.
2: All right. All right. Well, Daniel, son, you're, you're usually the optimist here. Where's the panic meter.
5: All right. I think anyone that said the panic meter is at a one is a little delusional. Um, so I'm going to go, I think page said two, I'm going to go three. I'm going to go between, between Jake and, and uh, page. I think, you know, the thing that always matters with us is get us to the second weekend, see what happens. Um, I do totally agree with the fact that last year it was kind of a cakewalk, uh, you know, until we get to the, the, the final four game, that ain't going to be the case this year. As, as far as things are right now, uh, I think we could be in for, um, just a total stress fest. Uh, and you know, sometimes you gotta get a little lucky to, you know, go on a, go on a run, go on a final four run and, you know, hopefully find yourself in a title game, but Um, I, again, I love how battle tested we're going to be, hopefully by that point. Um, I want to see us, you know, flip the switch and, and, and let's see where we're at, uh, you know, end of January. But, uh, right now, um, I'd say, you know, I'd go to the sweet 16. I'd expect us to be in the Elite eight. And then from there, anything can happen to be quite honest with you, but I don't think it'd be the end of the world. If we had a somewhat underdog Gonzaga team headed into March either, if we had a disrespected Drew Timmy
2: led underdog. Interesting. Interesting. So we got Paige out of two, Jake out of four, Dan out of three.
4: Zambi, where are you at? All right. I'm going to go at a four because I think two consecutive losses, as I mentioned earlier in the show, it wasn't a huge differential. But at the same time, we need to win these kinds of games when it comes to tournament time. So that's why I'm putting it a four. But, Dan, I'll one-up you. I don't want 3.25 miles. I don't want 13.1 kilometers. I don't want 26.2 kilometers. I want a freaking marathon. I want the natty. And these boys are going to get it. Yes, they are. They're going to get it.
2: Confidence out of four, though. So we're not that sure they're going to get it. Uh, Cooper, I'm going to throw it over to you. Where is the Koopy panic meter?
3: Uh, I guess I'm – well, as always, I'm always the pessimist of the group. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put us at a five simply because I think we're at this weird inflection point where we can go one of two ways. We can either, you know, go the shit way and turn into, like, the Kentucky teams where we have a bunch of talent but we don't play well and barely make the tournament. I could see I could see a case where that happens and we're like an eight or nine seed. Or we do get our shit together. We figure it out, maybe have one or two more losses and we're one or two seed. Um, and we're final four bound. So yeah, I just think we're at the point where we need to kind of figure it out, get her regroup. Nemhar needs to step up. And I, I, I'm also going to make a case for Chet. Chet needs to be that guy. I haven't seen him really, you know, take on a leadership role in this team. So, um, yeah, put me at a five.
2: I love it, Coop. And I'll, and I'll get right to the point. I'm at Cooper with a five as well. Um, similar, similar thought process for me is that, you know, every time this team takes the floor, I feel like we see two different teams. One night we'll see, you know, a team that dominates Texas and UCLA the next night we'll see a team that struggles with Tarleton state and looks like it's going to get blown out by Alabama at halftime. Um, and so right now this team, just a coin flip. And so my confidence level is just a coin flip. Um, and so I, I don't know. I don't know what this team is going to do. Like Cooper said, you know, we're, we're at a crossroads right now with this team. They can either hang their head and, and be disappointed or, they can turn things around, get fired up like we've been freaking begging them to for the past week, uh, and and you know, play like the team that we're nowhere capable they're capable of because they've showed us exactly what they can do when they put things together. Uh, and, and even in those UCLA and Texas games, Mark View said this team is still capable of a lot more than what they're showing right now. Well, if they're playing, you know, 90% capability against UCLA and Texas, then against and State. And Alabama, they're playing like 60 or 50%. Um, and so I, I think this team has the potential, but it's up to them if they want to reach that potential. Um, and I'm not, I'm not super confident that they will at, at this stage. Um, the only guy that I see, you know, that is really consistently putting things together out there right now is the transfer, Rasir Bolton. I feel like he you know exactly what you're going to get with him every single game, and he does that. He provides the three-point spark that we need. Um, he does his best defensively. He's not the biggest guy, but I feel like he's always he's always trying. He's diving for loose balls. He's not. He, he doesn't seem to be doing too much out there. Um, and so right now, he's really the only guy that I can rely on night in and night out. Um, and I'd love to see I'd love to see the other four starters do that. Um, we've seen them all get on hot streaks, but we've seen them all get on cold streaks. Uh, I need I need an Anton Watson. It his time to step up was a month ago, um, and so. I'd like to see that happen a little more. We talk about how young this team is. Some of the the biggest spark plugs for this team are sitting on the bench uh, for, you know, 75% of the game. I think it's getting to the point where if if Nemhard is trying to do too much out there, we got to plug in Hickman. If if Bolton or Strother get into foul trouble or they're just having a cold shooting night, plug in Salas, get a little spark plug going out there. I think we got to start utilizing that talent we have rather than just banging our heads against a brick wall that isn't going to move. Um and so that's kind of my closing closing spiel for this team. Um you know, I think we've all s- sort of it's been a tough week. We've gotten we've gotten our feelings out there, but I think we all believe, you know, this team has the potential to be a championship caliber team. We've seen it this season. Um, you know, worst case scenario, they have the potential to be a first round out team or like maybe scrape into the into the tournament if they keep up these issues. I think we all agree that they can overcome those issues and we'd love to see it soon. Um, And so I'll turn it over to Dan if he has any sort of closing remarks here.
5: Yeah, just closing remark. I think this is the la- the, the last time that we had dropped like either two straight or two of three, whatever it was, it was the back-to-back Tennessee, North Carolina, 2018, 2019 season. Guess where that team ended up? Seconds Early away, from eight, a Final right? Four. seconds away from a Final Four. They played poorly for not seconds, minute, couple of minutes away. But think about that team, though. Think about that team, how talented they were. What a ride that was. Like this team can 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 right the ship, be like that team, and hopefully, you know, be more victorious at the end. Or like Coop said, they can be a very underachieving team but i think you know mark fews done it before we've got the talent we've got guys that have got to be pissed off
2: about what's happening and it's time to flip the switch right here right now they're saying the right things too right like if you listen to tibby's interview he's saying the right things but what he's saying is not is not what is happening on the court
1: but uh
2: jake closing closing argument
1: my closing argument for how or we're just going remarks to do? just
2: just whatever your uh, last thoughts are
1: um i mean I know this was a negative episode. We still love the Zags. Don't, you know, I have nothing against any of the players. We obviously all wish them the best. Don't wanna, you know, we can't a house divided cannot stand. Of course, we're always supportive of the Zags. Um, the reason we're so harsh and resist is we just know this team's potential. And we can we can just taste that championship. And we're just trying to trying to push it, push that boulder over this fucking mountain because I can't stand be have another team I root for. The team I root for. The oh only no. team I really give a shit about, have them keep failing. I can't have another Sysophist team. We gotta get it over this mountaintop. Koopy.
3: Uh I don't really have much to add. Um everyone's already said it we know what we're capable of. Um need to put our head down enough stopping attention to the bullshit in the media Let's play fucking basketball so we got to do
2: play basketball no media don't read kyle hoon's tweets um <laughs> Stay that, poison. Rat poison. Yep, yep. if there's one person who can end this podcast on a positive note it's the longest tenured Gonzaga basketball fan, Spokane native himself, Zambi,
4: walk us off. All right, Thawz. Well, at the end of the day, we want these kids to have fun. But us as fans, we also want productive results. Interpret that as you will. However, I will say, Zags, they're chops, they're going. They're foaming at the mouth. These Zaggies are about to go on a run. Let's go. Let's go. And that does it for tonight's
2: episode, folks. Remember though, this is just part one of episode number 72. Part two is coming out in just a couple of days with a very, very special guest um, that our own Daniel and Serpy was able to snag late night at the bars. Nothing like a little post-game networking. Networking indeed. Well, that's it, folks. So long, and we'll see you soon. Toodle-oo. up.
5: tag up.